All right. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, to the Sunday Wire. I'm your host, Patrick Henningsen. We're streaming out live on the Alternate Current Radio Network and also at 21stCenturyWire.com. Thank you for joining us on this live broadcast. And if you miss any of the live broadcasts, if you're just tuning in now, you can catch this after the show on the podcasting format. Thank you so much for rejoining us. Now, our next guest is an intrepid writer, a filmmaker, uh, an author of many books. There's a link on the show page to the list of his titles, uh, which you can delve into. And his name is Andre Vilcek. And he's joining us right now on the live link from South America, from the country of Chile. Hello, Andre. Patrick, hello. Great to be back. Great to have you back. It's been a while, Andre. I was getting worried. Uh, we didn't know what happened to you. Uh, but uh, uh, from what I hear, Andre, you know, you know, a lot of the world is coming out of this so-called lockdown from COVID. Countries, European countries, the schools are open. Life is returning to normal. Some parts of the U.S. are even kind of returning to normal. Uh, a lot of Asia has returned to normal. But there's a few countries that are clinging to this crisis and they're actually uh, keeping very strict lockdown measures going now. And one of those countries is the country that you're in right now, which is Chile. Um, this is extraordinary. But we, we thought South America might be more relaxed, uh, some of these countries, about this crisis and want to kind of get over it as soon as possible. What is going on in, in, in Chile? Well, the main reason, or actually the only reason I disappeared, Patrick, for quite some time is uh, because I'm locked down in Chile already since March. When uh, I arrived uh, here from after eight days journey from Hong Kong. So basically, uh, I was uh, processing my new books and uh, writing enormous amount of uh, uh, essays, but I couldn't move. And this is the first time uh, in my life that I stayed for such a long time in one place since I was perhaps 15. So I never stay longer than one or two weeks. I'm uh, traveling all over the world, covering the events uh, uh, on all continents. But in Chile, where I landed uh, in March, uh, since March, actually, there is an absolutely draconic and uh, absolutely unreasonable and bizarre uh, lockdown. Bizarre, of course, if you don't analyze and if you don't realize what is going on. But very logical from the point of view of uh, Chilean uh, dictatorship or Chilean regime, uh, more precisely. Uh, Chile... <clears throat> has been uh, uh, officially Chile now is in an extremely uh, tough lockdown for one month. But uh, in reality, it is uh, already since March. People are going crazy, economy is collapsing, uh, um, families are uh, getting ruined. But President Sebastián Piñera, a right winger and supporter of a former dictator, Augusto Pinochet is actually getting mileage out of it and he's uh, making sure that the protests, uh, powerful protests which shook Chile at the, at the end of last year, will not return at least for some uh, period of time. And and those were those were huge. I, I know you reported on this earlier when the protests were happening. You, you did a number of great video reports as well and on this show. But but you also, you know, at that time, Andre, the, the protesters had certain demands. They were very close or they had a, 
got some agreement uh, in terms of a national referendum. I mean, this is a big deal and constitutionally in, in Chile. And that was a po- that was already supposed to happen months ago. And what what's happened to the progress of these sort of demands and these things that came out of that national protest? What, what what's the status of this? Well, they scared the population uh, into submission, at least for some time. So when I was making uh, videos for you and we were working very closely at that time, me and 21st Century Wire, on the, uh, on the coverage of the, of the uh, protests, what was going on then, people began waking up. They realized that uh, uh, democracy was actually stolen uh, from them. So when the uh, officially democracy returned uh, after Pinochet uh, stepped down, uh, the country was governed by uh, several coalitions, uh, so-called concertations, between uh, left-wing, officially left-wing socialists and officially, at least, uh, center-left uh, Christian Democrats. And uh, during that period of time, uh, it was it looked that uh, uh, democracy was returning to people and that Chile is going to have a brand new start. But in fact, uh, they found out last year, they began realizing that there was a deal between the old dictatorship and uh, uh, and that concertation and the elites in Chile and actually nothing whatsoever changed. So Chile continued for decades to be governed by the, by the neoliberal uh, model, uh, education, uh, uh, healthcare were uh, still privatized, uh, and uh, big companies, uh, including agribusiness, uh, were actually running the country. So people arose. They, they, there was a huge uprising, uh, 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 thousands, tens of thousands, sometimes hundreds of thousands were battling police and the army uh, around uh, then uh, Plaza Bacchedano, which was uh, then uh, renamed to Plaza Italia and officially uh, the, the Dignity Square. Uh, some 30 people lost their lives, uh, more than 300 people lost their eyes because police was extremely brutal. They were shooting protesters to the face with rubber bullets. Uh, so it was a very uh, powerful uprising, very uh, dangerous because Piñera sent tanks. Uh, to the streets and it began looking like, uh, you know, after the coup on the uh, uh, 9/11, 1973. You know, tanks and the military, police uh, battling uh, protesters uh, right in the middle of Santiago uh, de Chile. And then it looked like Piñera, Piñera's uh, uh, popularity uh, was uh, collapsing. It was in one digit, you know, seven to nine percent. And then suddenly, COVID-19 uh, or coronavirus uh, hit. And uh, there was a good excuse for the government, uh, good in parentheses, to actually uh, reintroduce uh, martial law to to create uh, uh, extremely tough uh, restrictions of movement and all that. So uh, just to give you an example, you know, one of the symbols, like what is happening now in the U.S. with the statues, right? The statues are going down of Columbus and so on. In Chile, there was a huge statue in the middle of the... uh, uh, square uh, where the uprising was uh, taking place around Bacadano and it was a uh, it was a, a statue to uh, Chilean General Bacadano who was basically a butcher uh, who murdered uh, a countless amount of uh, uh, 
Peruvians and uh, Bolivians in a war of Pacific, which, in which Chile, uh, you know, teamed up with the United Kingdom and destroyed uh, two countries. Bolivia lost access to the sea and so on. So Bacadano proudly decorated the square. And the protesters totally desecrated the statue and they put the graffiti and they were trying to put it down, but it was so humongous, so enormous, they couldn't do anything, but it was desecrated. And then one of the first things when the COVID-19 hit and uh, uh, Santiago was under quarantine or basically uh, uh, under the martial law almost, uh, the government restored the statue. They painted it uh, beautifully, you know, as if it would be a priority. And uh, Piñera, the president Piñera, one evening came to uh, to take selfie in front of it, like saying, look, I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, I'm winning. So now it's standing there. I mean, the city is trashed still because, you know, it's full of homeless now because economy collapsed, uh, full of graffitis from the from the uprising time. Uh, it's totally destitute. Uh, uh, look, but the statue is beautiful. You know, it's black, beautifully painted, newly painted. And uh, it is kind of a symbol of uh, how the revolution or uprising had been uh, post, at least postponed. And yeah, that's incredible. So, so you said graffiti's everywhere. I know there was a lot of damage that, that I saw in, in your reports, uh, you know, art, the cultural centers and small businesses, cafes, all the, the really interesting places that made, uh, you know, Chilean culture really vibrant and colorful. This is, all this has been shut down. And, and and in disrepair as well. So so the city must look like uh, like it's just gone through a war, basically. Yes, uh, it is totally different place. Uh, uh, you know, I used to live in Chile twenty years ago, uh, approximately. And uh, there came the time when I was leaving when I said to many people that look, it's more interesting now than in, than Rome or Amsterdam because uh, Chile was such a vibrant, such an incredibly vibrant culture. They they had enormous cultural centers, theaters, concert halls. You wanted opera, you got opera. You wanted Algerian jazz, you got Algerian jazz. Or, uh, you know, things total that you couldn't hear or see anywhere else in the world, from the greatest singers and musicians to, to avant-garde left-wing theater. It was brilliant uh, at... Uh, uh, in that period of time. And when I came back, it was already deteriorated. It was uh, even before the uprising, uh, Chile became this uh, neoliberal model again. There was, uh, uh, things became uh, mass produced in terms of food. Uh, a lot of, uh, you know, chain restaurants from the United States, a lot of junk pop music. I mean, in my days, 20 years ago, you would go to cafe and people were so obsessed with everything different. You know, they would listen to Arabic music, to African music. They wanted to hear something totally different, see something different. Uh, now it is becoming like Indonesia almost, uh, uh, you know, neoliberal model uh, uh, which is uh, uh, obsessed with making money and all that. You know, during the uh, during this lockdown, you wouldn't believe if you... I have a, a, a Yahoo UK uh, on the computer because uh, I don't want to... I want to see something what the, sometimes what the official propaganda in the West is saying. So uh, whenever I open 
uh, Yahoo uh, UK, there is a big banner, local banner advertisement. It says President Pinera uh, is going to tell you how to become rich. Oh, in Spanish. Can you imagine? I mean, the uh, people are losing their livelihood. There are uh, there is a tremendous decline in terms of uh, in terms of the GDP. The GDP is down five point three percent. Thirty or oh, oh, you know, in uh, uh, entire Latin America, thirty million uh, people are hitting the poverty. In Chile, there are riots of poor people who cannot anymore survive, and the president is sending tanks against them and water cannons in the cold. We have winter, you know, it's cold now, so they're spraying these poor people with water cannons who can hardly eat. And then you go to Yahoo, and it's what does it say? President Piñera will teach you how to become rich. Become rich, whom is he going to teach? You know, a few people who are playing stock market. So it's absolutely, uh, it's absolutely immoral what is, what is happening here. Uh, and uh, so Chile is totally collapsing now. Morally, it is collapsing. The Mapuche leaders, you know, Mapuche are indigenous people in the South. They were always discriminated. They were robbed of everything. The land, uh, forests are being cut down for, for agribusiness and all that. And what do we uh, learn? That on June 4th, one of the Mapuche leaders, Alejandro Treukil, was killed in the South. And nobody has, except Telesur in Venezuela, had any decent reports on this. And apparently this is not the only case. I mean, Mapuche people are getting cropped uh, under the cover of, uh, of COVID, of lockdown. The same what is happening in Brazil, where the indigenous people are getting infected, indigenous leaders are being killed and battered, and uh, the rainforest is being disappeared because... Uh, uh, you know, no uh, government or non-government organizations or press can actually enter rainforest under the cover of COVID. And Bolivia, uh, similar similar things are happening under under COVID restrictions. Oh God, yes, of course. Thank you. Yes, in Boli- Bol- Bolivia, of course, as well. The, everything is being postponed. The, the referendum that you uh, mentioned, constitution referendum in Chile, is being uh, indefinitely postponed. Bolivian elections are being indefinitely postponed. You know, I'm here sitting here with my four-wheel drive, ready to hit the road. Uh, you know, uh, I left Asia to, to cover Bolivian elections and referendum here. I was supposed to drive to Mapuche land in the, in the, in the 10th region and further south. And what am I doing? I'm sitting here in the uh, in the apartment overlooking uh, snow-covered Andes, and I can uh, all I can do is to go to some little park uh, where the owners are uh, airing their dogs, you know, because this is the only exceptions that people have. You know, this is not some uh, you know uh, British lockdown. This is real stuff. You know, you can there is a new uh, in this fascist regime. You can go to five up to five years to prison. If you uh, if you uh, defy the lockdown, and you can pay fifteen thousand U.S. dollars of fine, you know, can you imagine? This is okay. This is uh, uh, OECD country, and it's uh, uh, it's on the highest uh, uh, human development index uh, uh, of UNDP officially. But it is a country where people are happy uh, with the incomes of like. Uh, 
seven, eight thousand dollars a year. And what is this? What is it? Fifteen thousand dollars for <laughs> defying the lockdown or five years in prison? And they mean it. There are uh, police. There are Marines uh, everywhere. There is a, there is a riot police. The, the, this is unbelievable. And how long are you allowed to go out each day? What's the restrict? What what are the rules? Official rules on that? You are not allowed to go at all. You you can go only if you have a dog. You can go for twenty minutes uh, to the to the uh, radius of two blocks. Or you can go if you have a permission, uh, you, you can prove that you need a food or you have to go to pharmacy. So you can go uh, twice a week. And the old people, can you imagine? Old people are totally locked down. They can go nowhere. So just look at the logic of all this. You uh, you protect these people who actually need to exercise. They need to, they are, some of them are lonely. Some of them are, and you... Uh, basically kill them almost by by these lockdowns just to protect them so it is uh look i have a mixed feeling we agree on something uh, you and i or disagree on others when it comes to COVID. but here this is so absolutely clearly uh a fascist insanity that this government is uh this government is doing and you know the problem with chile is they always try to ape the west particularly Europe. So they, uh, on the surface of it, they do precisely what uh, France or Italy or uh, Spain or UK did, but only on the surface, uh, because they can actually, they cannot actually do it, uh, even uh, to the extent as Europe did it. Even if Europe is wrong, they did it uh, twice uh, worse in uh, uh, in Chile. There is 7,144 deaths in a country of 18 million. And this is, so you take it for per capita basis. Chile has had 236,000 infections today. It ranks number nine in the world. But if you rank it on per capita basis, basically on more one million uh, inhabitants, then it's number two after Qatar. That's insane. Mm-hmm. So they are even even if they would uh, even if this lockdown would be supposed to save human lives, it doesn't. It's the opposite. Mexico is uh, an enormous country, like ten times bigger in terms of population than Chile. It is uh, one hundred seventy-five thousand, uh, and even in terms of deaths, it is twenty thousand. It's a lot, but Chile has seven thousand with eighteen million. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it just it doesn't make sense to, I mean, they have 4,200 deaths uh, to date in Chile population, like you said, 19, 7,144. 7, they are okay. totally screwing up numbers. You know, they fired the Minister of Health because okay. they, were, uh, they, keep, uh, they keep manipulating even the press, which is totally obedient. You know, it was neoliberal system, uh, it's owned by corporations. Even press is starting to yell at the government. They they start they, they cannot take it anymore. So the official number of death today in Chile is seven thousand one hundred forty-four. They keep adding thirty percent. They keep taking back. You know, it's going up and down. There is nothing <laughs> like that. 
uh, going up and reaching plateau. It looks like some kind of a it looks like some kind of a dragon's back. You know, the the the, the, the it's up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. It uh, they added thirty percent of uh, of uh, of casualties because they couldn't calculate correctly. So this is this uh, collapse of the neoliberal medical system, which uh, they kept. You know the 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 great uh, Maggie Thatcher's. Uh, uh, example that she kept giving to everybody about how great Chilean economy really was. You know, it was built on the Chicago School of Economy. All these people like uh, uh, von Hayek, uh, like Friedman, all this big wet dream of uh, Thatcher and uh, Reagan and all these things that they even couldn't implement in the UK or in the US to the to the full extreme. So this was a laboratory, the experimental laboratory. And look at it now. Look at it now. They cannot look at their medical system. They cannot really uh, fight uh, even COVID to the point that it would resemble at least some normalcy. Even Brazil is worse. It's better than... Uh, Brazil is a famous case, right, of absolute collapse, and it is collapse. But Chile, in terms of uh, numbers, uh, is worse than Brazil. And the government is still there, and nobody is suddenly fighting. Yeah, well, what we're, what we're finding in, in the UK is that uh, there's more deaths that are being attributed to lockdown than to COVID, like deaths resulting from lockdown, uh, people who needed cancer screenings who didn't get them, people who have strokes or heart conditions, they're, they're not getting the early treatment that normally can save lives. Uh, this is one of the, the, the collateral damage from this, this kind of intense lockdown policy. And I think Chile... So yeah, Precisely, but but uh, it is. Uh, I have to say, uh, from Latin America, I have to say one thing. Of course, uh, in what happened in UK is uh, terrible, and what's happening here or in Brazil is terrible. You know, I have two crowns that broke of my teeth. I need to go to dentist, and they go by books. So he tells me, uh, "Okay, I will. Uh, I will take you, but." Uh, you have to uh, go to the hospital and get a panoramic x-ray of your mouth. And I said, <laughs> you really? Uh, so, uh, because uh, in, uh, uh, in the hospitals here, it is all COVID. Uh, as you say, there is no uh, any more uh, treatment of uh, other diseases almost. Uh, it is uh, just absolutely horrible because the, because, uh, the system, uh, intensive care is stretched to the to the limits, and uh, people are treated uh, basically only for COVID. If you get stroke, if you get cancer, if uh, anything happens, you're ab absolutely screwed. The families are getting destroyed here. You know what is happening here? They, uh, they uh, are uh, the poverty rate is growing incredibly, and I told you there are riots now. People are fighting for food, but also uh, just to show you how inept this government is, they. Uh, have this so-called emergency family salary, but they uh, they promised uh, they promised one hundred uh, uh, dollars uh, per person, uh, or, and they uh, actually didn't manage to distribute this money uh, for uh, weeks and months. And then when they started to distribute it, they um, their system is so bad, so uh, inefficient that they started to distribute food baskets to MPs even. Like one MP from relatively rich neighborhood of New York, she went uh, public and she said, 
what the hell are they doing? I don't need food basket. I am MP. But they are giving, they are distributing these food baskets to the rich neighborhoods and uh, poor people are starving. So it's absolutely, uh, it's absolutely inept, uh, uh, absolutely collapsed, uh, neoliberal, bizarre uh, system. So, so how, lastly, we got a couple minutes left, but uh, how, how, how long is it sustainable for? I mean, they, they might have delayed the uh, the protests or delayed the referendum, but you know at some point the penny is going to drop and it's just too much and people aren't going to be believing it anymore. How long do you think they can maintain this? Oh, they are uh, threatening uh, three months, three months more uh, of this. You know, uh, the the whole country is closed. There is only one flight going uh, internationally uh, regularly, like two, three weeks, times a week is to Miami. Of course, they cannot live without uh, Miami, which they call Miami. That's for all the rich... uh, the the the, uh, the escape route, but this is gonna last. Uh, he's threatening already, or he's imposing uh, uh, another three months, and it's uh, with all these draconic uh, tough measures. So uh, the consensus here is that uh, people who used to protest in October, November, December, they will be back in the streets soon. They will be back in full force because once the people here, you know, this is not sustainable. People are living on in the parks and the streets, you know, it's Chile with all the social problems was priding itself that it never had these horrible uh, homeless issues like Paris or, uh, or United States cities. This was not really something that we were used to see. And this is what's happening now. There are thousands of people living on the streets. Venezuelan people who came because of embargo, they came searching for jobs. They were living on the streets. They were living in front of the Venezuelan embassy, uh, asking their government, please take us back to Venezuela, because uh, Venezuela has much better COVID policy, and now they don't have any jobs here. So they were in the freezing cold. They were living uh, in Providencia in front of the Venezuelan embassy before the communist mayor of the neighborhood called Recoleta uh, took them to uh, house them, actually, uh, uh, you know, in the, in the private houses and the uh, BMBs. So it's uh, th- this is how low things uh, uh, collapsed in uh, uh, in Chile. The Mapuche leaders being killed, homeless people uh, all over, and poor people rioting for food and being met with water cannons. This is Chile of 2021 under the right-wing uh, government of President Sebastián Piñera and his clan. Yeah, which, which sounds like an extension of Augusto Pinochet, actually, the, how you're describing it. <laughs> it is. Uh, uh, he is a great admirer of Augusto Pinochet. A niece of Augusto Pinochet was in his government before she resigned. And he already for tens of years uh, keep talking with great respect uh, uh, about Augusto Pinochet. The Nazi colony Dignidad, the Nazi uh, camp uh, during, uh, where they, uh, during the Pinochet regime people were raped and tortured uh, uh, and uh, disappeared is again producing sausages and bread you go to supermarket Villa Baviera a former colonial Dignidad they are still there they they are uh, we thought we closed them down no they are still there selling their wurst selling their sausages to public 
So, so last, actually, one last question I want to ask you is: is, is unusual uh, policy here from from the Pinera government is in the sense that Chile is a this government is kind of a client government of of Washington D.C. Do you think that the orders came from Washington to keep this lockdown going in order to, to kind of crush the, uh, the 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 uprising, as it were, from early this year? I don't want to speculate. I have no proof, but uh, uh, I wouldn't be surprised because uh, actually the, the two, uh, three client states, three client states in Latin America uh, are uh, Colombia, now Brazil, and of course Chile. Historically, uh, the orders, uh, I don't know if they came directly, but they're all kind of indirect uh, cooperation between Chile, United States, and United Kingdom. Don't forget that during the Malvina War, uh, or what you call Falkland uh, War in uh, uh, between UK and Argentina, this is the country which was spying on Argentina uh, using its uh, uh, installations high in the mountains in the Andes, uh, you know, on behalf of the Maggie Thatcher. So, I mean, this is uh, nothing uh, uh, is surprising here. Now, of course, uh, another client state now is Bolivia after the after the horrible coup, but Chile is definitely a client state. What do they discuss between uh, between uh, Trump and Piñera? Uh, well, it's well secret. We don't know, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there is some kind of a uh, coordination, because uh, don't forget this is a war against the left. Uh, uh, that is uh, being led by the United States. A horrible war, uh, which uh, already uh, damaged tremendously Brazil and which put the uh, fascist uh, uh, government uh, uh, of uh, uh, Anes uh, to power. Uh, you know, uh, kicking out, uh, kicking out from power. Uh, uh, Evo Morales, uh, great. Uh, uh, Bolivian uh, indigenous uh, president, and now there are rumors, if you speak, that in Mexico too, that that that, uh, that uh, uh, President Andrés uh, López Obrador is facing very dangerous situation with the elites. Uh, I was just reading it on uh, Orinoco Tribune, and I heard it from my friends. So it is a very complicated, very dangerous situation. And definitely, of course, there is a cooperation between Washington and uh, uh, the uh, La Moneda presidential palace here in, uh, in Santiago de Chile. Yeah, the o- Organization for American States is one of the, the, the levers of control that Washington runs uh, in order to sort of you know push out policy through various South American countries. And uh, so no doubt that's uh, one of the keys there. But yeah, and Mexico resisted the lockdown, by the way. They were very late. Yes, they, uh, yeah. yes Mexico, oh, Mexico. they keep giving numbers, you know, uh, uh, to discredit Mexico. You know, Mex- uh, numbers are relatively high, but you know what? It's also the biggest Spanish-speaking country on earth. It's a mm-hmm. tremendous country. So if Mexico uh, infection uh, in Mexico is actually 175,000 and Chile has 236,000, Mexico is 10 times bigger. 
You know, yes. Mexico debt is 20,000, Chile is 7,000. Just calculate, 10 times bigger, it would have to be 70,000 in Chile as to compare to 20,000 in Mexico. Mexico is actually doing tremendous uh, job. And Obrador said, uh, in, uh, and I don't quote, uh, I'm just paraphrasing that, uh, you know, Mexican people are not children. You know, let them decide. Let's Let them decide what to do. And I'm not going to treat them like children. And his yeah. popularity is extremely high. Yeah, you know, that's the way to. That's the way you have to govern. I mean, that's that's a strong contract between government and people. Um, and the countries that are doing, that, I think, in the long run, are going to engender a lot of you know trust in in the government and the people, and they 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 will be likely stable. That's probably why the U.S. and others are you know training their 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 crosshair sites, um, the CIA and so forth on country like Mexico because they want they don't want that stability they want it to be unstable. No, Obrador has a great respect for his people and he expressed it uh, not through words only but through his politics, uh, through his policies and uh, people have tremendous respect. Uh, uh, for him too. So th- it's very beautiful, gentlemanly agreement. But if you look also at uh, Cuba or Venezuela, all these countries are doing, uh, all these socialist countries are doing so much better, uh, incomparably better with this uh, right wing, uh, like uh, Colombia, like Peru, like Chile, where these uh, total lockdowns are, uh, uh, lockdowns are in place. Yeah, Ecuador as well. They, they, oh my God! Yes, Ecuador is terrible. But again, even Ecuador—can you believe it? Even Ecuador is—it uh, uh, has forty-nine thousand uh, today. Forty-nine thousand seven hundred thirty-one cases uh, or infections. Two hundred thirty-six thousand in Chile. So even a horrible collapse, Ecuador, where the uh, Lenin Moreno totally betrayed. Uh, uh, the, the, his uh, uh, pre- previous government in which he was of Korea, uh, Korea. Uh, even Ecuador, which is a known case where bodies were piling in Guayaquil and uh, uh, all this is doing better now than uh, than Chile. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, well, we, we hope uh, we hope the situation uh, changes course. Uh, for you there in Chile, definitely that does not sound good. Like I'm going to so I can go so I can cover the stories for you, uh, you know, personally because this is absurd. I'm yeah. covering it from the 15th floor overlooking Andes. That's not me, you know. I'm, <laughs> whenever things happen, I am uh, I'm there, you know. Well, you or we have to we'll have you smuggled out basically. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> over the border to Argentina, maybe I'm not. No, sure. I'm going to Argentina is locked down too. I'm going to US hopefully in uh, two three weeks because I have to see what's going on there firsthand. Yeah. But uh, through Miami, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the uh, the escape route to Miami. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you'll you'll be there with all the elites on the in flying coach. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Wearing your mask, wearing your mask, and uh, well, I told I wrote somewhere. I said I'm willing to wear the condom, you know, or kind of uh, enormous uh, uh, Macintosh uh, plastic uh, coat uh, and uh, uh, combat gas mask, which I have actually for uh, after covering so many uh, uprising and uh, riots and revolutions all over the world and wars. I have a gas mask. I said, I'm willing to wear it on the plane. Just let me, let me on board. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I know. I know. It's tempting, isn't it? It's tempting. Well, listen, take care, Andre. Patrick, listen, it's always great to be on your show. I hope to be, I hope to talk to you soon. Yes, yes, definitely. Take care, Andre. That's Andre Vilcek, uh, author, filmmaker, intrepid writer. You can look at his work. There's links on the show page uh, to Andre's uh, titles on, on Amazon.com. And also uh, follow him on Twitter as well for more updates. Uh, we're going to take a short break. I'm your host, Patrick Henningsen. This is the Sunday Wire. We'll be right back. <laughs> 